Today I'd like to introduce you to Kerry Bloomfield. Kerry is a global citizen of New Zealand and Denmark. She's a connector, writer, event manager and blogger currently living in Copenhagen. Originally from New Zealand, she was lured to Denmark by a Dane where she currently lives with their young daughter. But prior to life in Denmark, Kerry worked in the corporate world in New Zealand and England in the field of people management and event management. She was also well known in New Zealand for her side hustle of organizing one of New Zealand's largest community triathlon series alongside her brother. However, since moving to Denmark, Kerry has had to embark on a journey of adaptation with the realization that she was now the foreigner and having to find her place in a new environment, including integrating into the Scandinavian way of life, finding employment in a new country with no networks, learning a new language, raising a young child, and ultimately having to find her new tribe in a foreign land. A big part of this journey for Kerry has been writing. Soon after arriving in Denmark, Kerry began writing. Firstly, as the creator of the bilingual Backpack Baby community and more recently as a regular contributor for the Danish newspaper The International. She's currently writing her first book about life in Denmark due to be published in 2020. Kerry's community and blog Bilingual Backpack Baby documents some of their adventures living in Denmark with a splash of humour. And whether you have children or not, it is a great source of entertaining information about finding your way in Denmark, whether you live there or not. An expat by chance rather than choice, Kerry has had to reshuffle her talent stack to find a new career in a new country. In today's episode, Kerry shares her story about how adjusting to her new life in Denmark turned out to be the very thing that created opportunities for her to forge her own path through writing. I hope Kerry's story will inspire you to keep moving forward with your goals, even if the results aren't showing up yet, because if you stay consistent and put in the work, you just never know where it might take you. Enjoy the episode. This is Ishan Chen, and you're listening to Digital Learners, the podcast focused on helping you leverage new ways of learning to build your talent stack and create a more fulfilling career. I'll share my personal journey, as well as stories from people who are challenging the status quo in how they learn, network, and shape their career. The future of work is the future of learning. You never know what you might discover if you try something new. Hi, Kerry. Thanks so much for joining me here today and happy Easter. I'd love for you to kick off with a brief introduction. Thanks, Ishan, and thank you for having me here. Um, yeah, so I guess you could say I used to have an ordinary life in New Zealand uh, where I could speak my mother tongue of English and I had friends and family close by, um, all that good stuff that you take for granted until you don't have it, I guess. Um, but then I had a sliding doors moment uh, in a bar in New Zealand, which um, <laughs> I know doesn't sound particularly romantic, uh, but that's 
when I met the Dane, and that's what began my journey towards a life in Denmark, uh, I call it my merry moment. Um, and yeah, sort of roll forward seven years. That's how I now find myself living in Denmark. And your merry moment is referring to Princess Mary. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> We're now living in the same city. So yeah, I like to think of us as friends, but I've never met her. So <laughs> and how would you describe your talent stack? Um, well, before I came to Denmark, I was working in the field of people management and event management. Um, I was a connector. I still am a connector, and I guess that's one of the main parts of my talent stack, um, the ability to understand a workplace and its people. Um, and then also... I've been working in operational management, operations, um, and also writing. Um, but for actually for a really long time, I struggled with defining this talent stack. And I think that's one of the things when I was listening to your podcast with Ruby, um, I think you also had a moment of struggling, trying to explain to other people what it is that you did and how the different parts of your life fitted yes. into each other. Um, because I know when people ask me what it is that I do, I've struggled for a long time to have a succinct answer for that. Mm. And I've always thought the lawyers and accountants and nurses have it so easy because when you're asked what you do and, and you can say that you're an accountant, people immediately have a reference point or understand what it is. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I did a career scoping exercise, actually, that somebody that was the first time that somebody explained to me that my skill set, my talent stack is a generalist um, skill set and that that was okay. I think before that point, I actually thought it was a weakness to be mm. doing a bit of this, a bit of that. Mm. But um, yeah, by doing that, that exercise and getting it down on paper, what it is that I actually do, that gave me some clarity that I hadn't had before. And there's a book actually that I really – um, enjoy that I think maybe you've heard of um, the e-myth by Michael Gerber mm -hmm. and he talks about well the e-myth is all about the entrepreneur myth and it talks about um, what it takes for it for a business to truly grow and succeed and the fact that you need three types of people within the organization so firstly you need the entrepreneur who has the idea and the courage and the energy to to drive this idea forward um, but they also need to have a technical expert in the organization. So these are the ones with the high level technical knowledge of how to actually make this product or service. Mm, mm. And then the third type is the connectors, which is how I see myself. Um, and they're the ones that connect everything within the, I guess the glue, would you yeah. say glue? I love that. I, I love the, um, the analogy of, you know, the three, types um that you need to make a business succeed because that's so true if you don't have any connectors then you know great idea doesn't really have the capacity to get the message out there exactly and then you've got everybody working in their area of strength and enjoyment as well too because i'm pretty sure the technical experts aren't you know they don't want to be doing the communicating and the talking to people and all that they just want to get on with what to them is the exciting bit building yeah, so I, yeah, the main, I would say the main part of my talent stack is the fact that I'm a connector. Um, but when I came to Denmark, of course, I had to 
think about what it was out of all my talents that made me unique or different that could get me to not only stand out but also to overcome some of the weaknesses that I now had, which was the fact that I didn't speak Danish, um, that I had no network here. Um, and so through, yeah, looking at my, my talent stack, I fell upon, I guess, the fact that I was quite good at writing and I, mm. and I was something that I quite enjoyed. Yep. And also actually my having the mother tongue of English in Denmark is also f an advantage. I've made it an advantage, my point of difference here, I guess, to be able to, um, to uh, work with, for example, my colleagues whose mother tongue is not English and helping them improve some of their communications um, and just, yeah. I mean, a lot of the workplaces here in Denmark are international workplaces as in Europe. So the business language is actually English. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And most of my colleagues, yeah, know at least three languages. And wow. I thought knowing English, yeah, I feel like my language knowing English is, uh, was a weakness, but actually it's, it's been a strength mm. to be able to assist in those international workplaces. Yeah, so you've brought out language barriers and networks. So I can only imagine how, you know, difficult the transition was initially adjusting to living in a new country. <laughs> what were some of the things that you since picked up since reframing your strengths in communication into opportunities? Tell us more about that. You're right, it has been a challenge moving to Denmark. And I think anyone else who finds themselves in this situation, whatever the country is, would agree. You know, just after having, you know, being on a plane for 24 hours, you all of a sudden find yourself in a country where you don't speak the language. And for me, when I first arrived in Denmark, it was a bit like being in a, a big black dark tunnel. We moved here when my daughter was only four months old. Wow. Um, so I also had that going on as well. But you know, arriving in Denmark, I had no reference points. It was a real blank canvas. Um, I didn't even know where to look for a job. Mm. Uh, in, New in New Zealand, I know uh, we have two main job websites if you're looking uh, for something. And in Denmark, there's more than 10 and it depends wow. on what your profession is. So you have to know exactly the right place to go to. And even then, everyone will tell you that it's about LinkedIn and your network, which is not that great to hear either when you've just moved to the country and you don't know anyone. <laughs> yeah. And you're sort of sitting at your computer thinking, how can I connect? How can I have some genuine connections going on here rather than just trolling through possible connections? Um, and there's also the language issue as well. Mm. So that can make the, the, the actual fact of searching for work here difficult with the job boards being in Danish. So you mm -hmm. really need to, regardless of your reasons for being in a country, I think mm -hmm. learning the local language is a big one to do that I would recommend. But yeah, with having, moving here when our daughter was quite young, I just, I didn't have the freedom either to just get out there and, and meet yes. people and yep. to build my network. It just wasn't a possibility. So it made both my social and work circles quite small. And I would call my first year in Denmark actually as a survival year. It was a year of survival. 
mm. you know, looking after our, our daughter and, and getting my uh, bearings. Mm. Um, but actually now that I have the benefit of hindsight, I can see that, that perhaps that first year of living in Denmark actually gave me the space that I needed to truly start developing my other talent of writing, which until coming yes, to Denmark, I yep. hadn't really yes. explored. You know, like I could do it and I had a couple of keen supporters um, in New Zealand that would encourage me. But to be honest, I really felt like I had nothing to write about. You know, it was just life. Um, <laughs> and then I was always also in, in jobs where it was never the main focus. Yes. Yep. So it never, I never really picked up on my writing when I was in New Zealand. But when I moved to Denmark, it was actually one of my friends suggested to me quite early on that maybe I should start a blog and document some of these experiences that I was going through. Um, and what I think is even funnier about that story is she has no idea of that suggestion because to me it was a really pivotal point uh, for me. And it was her comment that encouraged me to start my blog and online mm. community called Bilingual Backpack Baby. Mm. And uh, that's become a big part of my life here in Denmark. And it's where I talk about some of our uh, adventures mm. and challenges um, and sharing our learnings and sharing about life in Denmark with a wider audience. Tell us about um, what happened after you started that blog. Yeah, and I guess when I started it too, I had no expectations. I was doing it primarily for myself to get a bit of mental sanity, I think, um, yeah. and clarity and, and what I was experiencing. Um, and I think after about two years of writing that blog, I'd built up a lot of content. Mm. And then I came across a new newspaper that had just launched in Denmark called The International. So it's a newspaper uh, targeted at internationals living in Denmark. It's written in English. Mm. And without really thinking, I just emailed the editor and reached out to her and said, introduce myself and sent her a link to my blog and, and just offered if she wanted to ever use any of my content, she was more than welcome. I love it. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I think it was like the very next day. I don't know. I, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. She came back to me the next day um, saying that she really enjoyed my writing and asked if I wanted to have a regular column in the newspaper. So that wow. was the second thing that happened with me with my writing that, you know, that that story of all roads lead somewhere. I'd been writing this blog for two years, not really um, sure where it would lead me. And then because of that, I had this, uh, I guess, references or yeah. proof of my writing to be able to show the editor. And, and then that um, has become another uh, pivotal point for me here in Denmark, becoming a contributor. That's that awesome. So the column is about also about your experience in as a an international living in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's um I cover a, a range of things loosely, I think, related to having a family 
in Denmark as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, but regardless if you have children or a baby or not, I think there's a lot of shared lessons in there. Um, well, I, I hope there is uh, useful information about yeah, some of the cultural differences and just explaining things like, for example, public holidays. When you're in a new country, I think the first year we were here in May, I had no idea there's of what the holidays were. And so I would go out and try and do my thing and then realize the shops were shut or they were shut <laughs> for half of the day or, or whatever. So yeah, I, I'm lucky in that I have a lot of freedom to choose the topics that I'm talking about in the paper. Mm, that's awesome. Speaking of cultural differences, I was reading one of your posts on LinkedIn, the one where you shared your photo shoot on the streets of Copenhagen. And I was taken aback by how many comments I saw from other expats who found Danish culture a huge adjustment. So for those who haven't yet traveled to Denmark like myself, what were some of the cultural differences that you experienced in Denmark and how different were they compared to New Zealand? Yeah, there's lots. <laughs> But I think also as time goes on, they also become normal. Um, and that's when you know you're integrating. But Denmark can be a tough nut to crack. Uh, but then I think living in any country as a foreigner can be. You need a high level of resilience. Um, and everyone has their own experiences, but you do hear a lot of the same stories and frustrations of internationals trying to understand the Danish system and, and the way of life here. But for me, it was actually some of the smallest everyday things that I found really difficult in the beginning, um, like small talk, which I th think both Australians and New Zealanders are quite good at. We'll just talk to anyone, whether it's the person making our coffee in the morning or our hairdresser or even mm. sometimes the person on the bus next to us <laughs> or in the supermarket when you're queuing up. You know, we... We do, we do small talk a lot in significant little conversations um, that, with people that we don't know that well. And we see it as a sign of friendliness. Uh, and also just when we are saying hello to someone in the morning, it's normally, hi, how are you? Yeah, that's right. And it's not that we're waiting to hear how they are, but it's just, <laughs> it's not that we don't care either, but it's just, You know, it comes out as one statement, as yes. one question. Hi, how are you? But in Denmark, they don't do the small talk. So you can quite happily go about your day at the supermarket, at the bus stop. And it's very unlikely that somebody's going to start a conversation with you. Um, and I know that some of my colleagues, when I ask them, or if I see them in the morning, and if I was to greet them with, hi, how are you? They, I have this moment of sort of stunned look. Uh, they're, they're wondering why I want to know about their health, you know, that, like, <laughs> so that's one for me that I, I, yeah, I still do it now. I like, and I know I, I shouldn't do it because it's, we have this miscommunication. Um, Danish workplaces tend to be full of Danes who simply want to get in there, do the job, do it well, do it efficiently, but then go home again. There's a really big focus here on the work-life balance with the focus more being so on your life yep. outside of work. So it's important to Danes when they are at work that they're, that they're efficient 
and doing the job so that they can comfortably leave at the end of the day knowing that they've done their work, their job is done, but now is the time to enjoy spending with their family. They have a 37-hour working week uh, and coming from New Zealand where our working week is based on 40 hours, that was a small difference but a really nice difference as well. I think it's really a, yeah, it's a positive thing, uh, enabling you to best manage your life outside yeah, that's of right. work more comfortably you know the school run becomes a little bit more easier when you're working on a 37 hour week Uh, but one of the most interesting things actually that I've read was that Danes have one of the lowest rates of presenteeism at work so when they are at work they're actually doing the work they're working they're not standing at the water cooler having long chats or having long morning tea breaks or lunch breaks or going out there shopping they're actually working and and getting the job done efficiently and smartly yeah so so their approach to the workplace i find quite different um but it's the small talk that i miss and being a connector <laughs> to i always but yeah find myself i've noticed that i, I do miss that and tell well. me about the flags the obsession with flags <laughs> chatted about this before oh, where do i start this again is like a really hard one to explain if you're not here and actually other people can't see this, but <laughs> I'm actually sitting right here next to a Danish flag because we're never too far from a flag in Denmark. Um, yeah, they love their flag. It's, it's, uh, and in their defense, it's the world's oldest flag. So maybe that's where some of the pride comes from, mm. but it's used on many occasions. And one of the big ones is when it's somebody's birthday. Um, it's the main way of decorating or celebrating. So you'll have these small sized flags that will line your, your path up to your apartment or house. You'll have little toothpick flags in your (laughs) Leading up to your house. Yeah. So, um, we can sit like, we live in an apartment and you always know when it's somebody's birthday because they're putting the little flags out on the path. So, you know, you have flags outside, but then if you have a real flagpole, such as uh, my Dane does uh, at our summer house, you can just put up your flag whenever you want. Well, you can put it up on special occasions as well. And it was the Queen's birthday here, so a, lot, a couple of days ago. Uh, and so everybody was putting up their flag again there. There's national flag days, but they love it. It's, it's one of the easiest things to buy at the supermarket, actually. That's a <laughs> cultural difference, like trying to buy milk or butter and not knowing when you first arrive what it's actually called. They have this thing called baking baking margarine here, which I'd not heard of before, which you definitely don't want to eat by itself. Um, <laughs> so, so baking right. margarine is not butter. No, it's not butter. <laughs> the Dane, I think it was like in our first week and the Dane sent me to the supermarket by myself to get m- baking margarine and milk. And I thought I could do that, but <laughs> it was one of the character building moments of uh, arriving here because milk is packaged the same as yogurt and if you don't know the word the different words for yogurt and there's about 10 different types here um (laughs) can be standing at the fridge for quite some time and if like me you end up bringing back yogurt and baking margarine instead of milk and margarine so you know it's this it's the small things now speaking of the podcast interview that you listened where I chatted with Ruby on her own your hustle podcast about personal branding. I'm so glad that you reached out afterwards on LinkedIn and it was so nice to hear from you and I have to be honest hearing about your 
experience and the questions that you were interested in understanding how to go about planning your shoot actually inspired me to actually share more about this process. So, so thank you, Kerry, for reaching out. I'd love for you to share with the audience, what was the light bulb moment for you that led you to plan your very first personal branding shoot in Denmark? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was also re- really pleased that I, I came across that podcast with yourself and Ruby Lee. I, I had a lot of different light bulb moments. Um, and for those listening that haven't list- found that podcast yet, you need to go and listen to it. Um, and I, I, because I never really thought about visual branding before, I I knew that I needed to use good images, but I hadn't really thought about how others were doing this. And then when I heard you. Um, talking with Ruby, you revealed one of the, the secrets, at least it was a secret to me, um, of getting a set of professional branding photos taken that you can then roll out over a period of six months or yes, or whatever. <laughs> and that was a major light bulb moment for me because <laughs> before then I'm looking at other people's social media accounts thinking that they're so lucky to have a friend or a a partner or a husband partner yeah (laughs) yeah who's this like amazing photographer giving them great images um so after I realized that secret it it made it so much clearer to me what I needed to do in terms of elevating my my brand and my um online community um, but then I was a bit stuck because like a lot of things when you're in a a country, a different, you know, a foreign country, I guess, I didn't have that wide network of, of people again. And with the language difficulties, again, it can be a little difficult to find what you're looking for, including a photographer and also a photographer that understood personal branding. And I think that was also part of the reason that I reached out to you just to see in case you were coming to Denmark on a holiday. <laughs> anytime. Um, I wish, I wish. Yeah. Okay. Um, so yeah. And I also had the problem because I'm, I'm at the beginning of, uh, I guess my raising, elevating my online profile uh, is that I didn't have the financial ability to invest um, heavily in photography as well. And I think you actually, when I wrote to you, came back with a couple of different suggestions of either contacting students or freelance photographers who might be willing to work at a reduced rate or as a bit of a, a contra yes. agreement. Um, and I didn't find one of those, but it then triggered another thought in my mind. And that was that one of my colleagues, uh, who's from Turkey, his wife had just moved to Copenhagen to join him. And she's an extremely well-known and popular photographer of newborn babies in, uh, in Turkey. And she had moved here and same situation as me, I guess, or anybody else moving to a country or all of a sudden your network's gone and she too had to work out what it was that she was going to do to... Mm in her time here as well or to build her tribe around here so um I asked her for a coffee and we caught up and I talked about your podcast and the personal branding um 
and I showed her your work and <laughs> yeah, she... <laughs> I just want to recreate just... Ishan of Denmark. <laughs> now funny. I have the Ishan of Denmark. <laughs> She's done a beautiful job, I have to say, like I actually tailoring it to you because <laughs> because um um because I like uh, your photographer's style actually it captured the I guess essence of the country and the the blooms from your recent yeah. shoot beautifully yeah. the colors are amazing yeah. yeah she's um yeah she's been fantastic and I'm you know she was sitting there the whole time so to speak not that far from me but I hadn't mm. had those light bulb moments before then to actually think about reaching out to her and how we could work together so um yeah now I'm working with Uske and I apologize to Uske right now if I'm still not pronouncing your name right but I will keep trying <laughs> um and she's actually agreed to work with me on my book that I'm writing over oh, the next year <laughs> so she's going to be capturing a lot more images for me that we can include in the book and I'm going to be helping, yeah, introduce her to Danish life and culture through way of following my life a little bit in Denmark um, and also helping her with her English as well. So yeah, I was so excited when you shared with me that you are working on your first ever book because yeah. what's inspiring about um, how you started off your story about relocating to Denmark, finding your feet in the whole first, the first year and then realizing that you know you had finally had the time to explore writing and how writing your blog then led to a column and when we chatted before this podcast you were sharing with me about how contributing to the column actually built up content over time and then now you've <laughs> launched your own first book and i love this i guess this progression which didn't feel clear at the time but it's just evolved mm -hmm. and it's just by consistently just um you know basically just giving it a go and really tapping yeah. into your strengths and creating your own opportunities like really i don't know whether you know do you think you would have written a book if you were still in new zealand <laughs> no i wouldn't have. like it yeah no i wouldn't have at all yeah um, so tell us about the book Tell us about the inspiration yeah. behind it. Yeah, like you said too, like all these opportunities. If on day one of moving to Denmark, I would have never thought that this path would lead here. You know, it's you're just focusing on getting through each day, surviving yeah. each day. Um, but I think that is a really good reminder too, like to not always worry too much about why you're doing something or what you're getting yes. in return for it. Yeah, You know, like sometimes it's... I think sometimes people get too hung up on the money factor too. Like, yes, what am I going to get out of this? And yep. just do it. Give it. Do it for an amount of time, mm -hmm. and, and and then, you know, after six months or a year, review. Ask yourself: Are you still enjoying it? Mm -hmm. um, is mm -hmm. it still adding value to you in some way? And if it's not, well, that's fine. Move on to the next thing. But every step lead somewhere you know so mm. even if you don't know that at the beginning so just keep going and that's exactly what happened with me um through first my blog and then the uh, newspaper writing for the newspaper and now i'm uh, working on my first book which is a uh, yeah i call it an infotainment guide to living <laughs> in denmark um 
and living with a Dane. Uh, and part of the reason for writing it too is now we've been here for three years and I recognize that some of the things that I'd first identified as being crazy cultural differences uh, are now beginning to seem not so crazy uh, mm. as I learn to adapt, adapt to them and get used to them. And my new definition of normal is evolving. Mm. So my decision to write the book is motivated that I can best capture this experience while I can still remember the challenges and, and pain of adapting in those first three years and to have them as a, a permanent record that others can benefit from. Mm. Um, and also have a little bit of a laugh. I like to write with a bit of humor. So it's never anything too serious, but, um, you know, life is best enjoyed if you can laugh at yourself occasionally. Mm. Um, so sharing some of the challenging and character building times and, as a result of writing for the newspaper, yeah, that was exactly one of the benefits that I, I got out of that was not only learning to write to deadline um, and planning, I'd always be planning my content three months in advance. Um, but the end result is that I now have a lot of content that I've built up that I can repurpose yes. as part of my book as well. Love so, that. Uh, so who's your book targeted for? Without revealing the title. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I love the title at the moment, actually. I know, we have to keep it a secret um, until it's out. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, So there's three groups of people that I I want to reach out to. The first is for other internationals living in Denmark or people Mm -hmm. who are moving here um, so that they can have it as an enjoyable guide to navigating their way around life here. The second is that it will be a book for anybody who has an interest or fascination in Scandinavian life or life in Denmark. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then the third group, which is my uh, personal, I guess, challenge to um, attract is actually Danes themselves. (laughs) I I want, I mean, Danes have a great sense of humor. Um, you have to understand it though, because it can be quite dark or dry. Okay. And yeah. I guess a little personal challenge to myself is that I want it to be a book that Danes themselves can pick up and smile at and have a bit of a, a laugh about. So, yeah, about the way of life in Denmark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're all unique and we're all different. And mm-hmm. I found that going back to New Zealand actually for a holiday just a few months ago. I then started to realize that, yeah, New Zealanders have a few crazy little cultural differences as well. So, yeah. you know, we all have them and it's just about recognizing them and through recognizing and sharing, um, we can better understand everyone, I think. Yeah, that's it. Now, how does someone go about, like, just deciding to write a book? Tell us. Yeah. <laughs> how did you go from thinking about it to actually, you know, actually starting the process? Yeah. Um. Well, actually, the more that I researched writing the book, the more questions I had as well. And it's, you know, and the more I started to worry about writing a, a crap book as well. And that's my number one fear. <laughs> and I think it's a lot of people's fear in life is putting out content that's not good. And oh, then we don't do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm writing that talk that for my yeah. 
upcoming talk overseas and oh my god like every time I look at the draft I get the shudders of going what if this is really crap (laughs) what if this is the end (laughs) (laughs) but it's not it's just the beginning I know it's going to be great Um, I went to a TEDx event actually on the weekend and one of the speakers there said that um, procrastination is simply the fear of doing something that's crap so yes. when you're creating and then you, you keep holding it back, not wanting to put it out because you're worried that people will think it's not, it's crap. Yeah. So and then you don't do it and it's such a wasted opportunity. So yeah, let's, let's not procrastinate. Let's just do it. <laughs> um, so I, yeah, so I getting back to the book and, and, and researching how to do that. I found I was using so much time researching the how to write a book, how to do it, how to publish, self-publish or, or whatever. And then it was distracting me from actually writing the book. Um, yeah. And so I recognized that, that I was wasting, wasting, not really wasting, but using a lot of time on how to do it, and which started me procrastinating from actually writing it. And then as if, yeah, someone was listening to, to me, um, I came across a woman um, who, she's actually British, but she lives in the Netherlands, um, who works, she has her own publishing company, books are her life, and she focuses on expat writers. Mm. And that in itself, how I found her on LinkedIn was exactly this whole um the beauty of LinkedIn is that I had connected with a fellow writer from the newspaper who, um, of course, her network and her interests are similar to mine. So all of a sudden, all these other really interesting people start appearing on my feed and mm. she was one of them. Mm. So I made the decision to start working with um, Joe as my mentor mm-hmm. um, to help me get this book actually done and to make sure that it was it's not a crap book. So we have... <laughs> We have an unofficial agreement. We didn't quite put the word crap into writing, but she's promised me that she's not going to let it be a crap book. Yeah. So, yeah. So she's my my mentor and, and guiding me through all the different steps of firstly writing it and then actually through the publishing process. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited. So timeline, when can we expect? Is it going to be this year, hopefully? No, it's not going to be this year <laughs> because I also have to, uh, yeah, I have a, another big commitment this year of passing my final Danish exam, language oh, wow. exam. So I have the big national exam happening uh, at the end of this year. So Yeah, that's important. I've um, My target is the summer slash autumn of next year, European summer. So that's, um, I'm thinking September, October. 2020 is when um, yep. you can physically have a copy in your hands. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, um, so I'm heavy in the writing at the moment yeah. um, and working with Jo and um, getting her critique and making sure that that's all good. And then, uh, yeah, early next year, I imagine we'll move into the, the editing and then the, the publishing process. As I said before, I just love the, how this story is unfolding from – I can only imagine how how much of an impact it would have had on self-confidence in valuing what you know the skills and experience that you once had and took for granted with a well-established network um, to setting up 
you know, from scratch overseas, not knowing between baking margarine to, um, yes, to now actually, you know, creating, forging your own path. And as you said, you know, who knows where to from here after the book. But um, I think the amazing thing is to even be able to say that you are on this path. That's amazing. So. Thanks. Yeah, it's, it's nice to have that moment of being able to look back, reflection, you know, yeah. like when you, for me too, like the first few years here, you have nothing to look back on. You're just desperately trying yes. to survive and find your place. With, um, a, so gr- with a young toddler. Yeah. It's... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, just a couple of quick questions before we wrap up. What advice would you give to other internationals and expats in terms of exploring outlets for skills they have in their talent stack, so such as writing for yourself, to help them settle into a new country? What advice would you give them? I think there's three things that I want to share with with other people in a similar situation moving to a new country. And the first is keep moving forward. Even the smallest of steps are going to get you somewhere. So make sure you share your story with whoever will listen. Um, mm-hmm. Grab a cup of coffee and just get out there and start talking to anyone. But focus on genuinely connecting with people. Um, just be a nice person and you never know mm. where that might come back to you to help you in, in the future. And for me, actually, I had a moment like this where I was working at a conference and I just turned to talk to the person sitting next to me who I didn't know I think we were on a lunch break um, and just said hello uh, and that conversation led to me being introduced through a recruitment company to give me one of my first sort of long-term roles here in, oh, in Copenhagen so yes. if I hadn't spoken to that stranger yeah then I wouldn't you know, have, have been given that opportunity. So just remember that opportunity comes sometimes from the places you least expect it and keep mm. moving forward. Mm. Um, the second thing is to accept and expect that you'll have dark, hard days mm-hmm. when nothing and no one makes sense. Yeah. Um, and that's okay as well. Um, just know that you're not alone. Everyone has those experiences and just know that tomorrow's going to be better. So mm. just get today and tomorrow is a new day. Um, and then the last thing is, I think it's really important to remain true to yourself in your new environment. Yes. Yep. When you're in a new environment, it can be really hard to remember who you are because you're so busy trying to adapt and do things the local way that after a while you realize you're not doing anything that is your normal that keeps your inner soul I guess happy um so I think it's really important to um not get sucked into believing that integrating means total compliance with all the new cultural norms you know recognize the differences respect them adopt those cultural differences which that you want to Mm -hmm. but then find your new balance Mm. so yeah, Be, yeah. Remain true to yourself in your new environment. Fantastic. And lastly, Kerry, where can people find you online? 
Uh, I'd love for people to connect with me on my bilingual backpack uh, backpack baby community. So the website is just bilingualbackpackbaby.com. Uh, and I'm also on Instagram under the same handle, Bilingual Backpack Baby, and also on Facebook. Uh, and then people, please hunt me out on LinkedIn as well. <laughs> if, you've, if you're a fellow international or a writer or whatever, it doesn't matter. But if uh, you'd like to reach out, you can hunt me down on LinkedIn as well. That's fantastic. Well, I'm so glad that you reached out to me on LinkedIn, Kerry, and therefore we're chatting here today and uh, and thanks for sharing your awesome story. Thank you. Thank you for having uh, me part of it today. That's it for today's episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would mean so much to me if you would rate, review and subscribe and let me know if this has helped you in any way in shaping your career goals. I'd love to connect with you on Instagram and Facebook where you can find us at Digital Learners Podcast and you can find show notes for every episode at digitallearners.co.